You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, actually, I want to do something real quick. I'm sorry, I know this is a little bit off the cuff. Band, don't leave yet. If you guys hang out, uh, I just got some sheet music for you real quick. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, bear with me. I was going to hand this to them before. How do we... Okay, here we go. So when I say... Hey, band, when I say go, if you would just play the first few chords there together, all right? When I say go, we got it? Are you guys good? All right. All right, go ahead. Go. Stop, 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 guys, guys, stop, stop. This, this isn't quite working. You know, go, flip it over. There's, there's some stuff on the other side. Here we go, flip it over. All right, we got it? All right, let's try this. We ready? And action. what can happen when you are on the same page with those around you, how your relationships can find harmony together, and how you can get to the point where you're making beautiful music together in your relationships. Hi, everyone. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm very glad to see you this morning. And we are in the middle of a series, four-week series, called Relationship Goals. And that's what we're talking about, relationships. We thought it important to kick off the new year by talking about the relationships and the people around us. Last week, Dave kicked us off by centering us all. We talked about being Christ-centered. Christ-centered as individuals and in our relationships around us and in how important that is. And today, as, as the band so aptly demonstrated, we're going to talk about the importance of being on the same page. That is, being a mission-driven relationships in our life. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Before I go any farther, I don't know about you, but with the slip and sliding all around this morning and all the craziness... I need to get back centered on God, so I'm going to pray. Would you join me? Thanks. Jesus, I love you. I love, this is going to sound so weird. Uh, I love that you give the freedom to just talk to you, just what's on our heart. And and as I take that breath, I love breathing. I don't want to take that for granted. It's a thing that we do the most every day. Um, Your word says that you breathe life into us, your life. When I breathe in, yeah, there's oxygen and nitrogen, all sorts of good stuff coming in, but, but I believe, God, that when I follow after you, when we follow after you, I can breathe in your Holy Spirit, and you yourself will just be with me and in my life, and in me, and that's amazing and beautiful. I ask today um, that you would open up your word and that we look in your word and your scripture, and when we, when we wrestle with you and we ask you, and I'm asking you now to join us this morning and speak to us each individually, we know that you will. You've promised you said that you will. And you are good and faithful and true. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us this morning. Amen. All right. I want to I do a little disclaimer before I go any farther. We're talking about relationship goals. And this morning, and even in this whole series, uh, we're going to talk about committed relationships. Let me tell you what that means. When I, when I, so when I say that throughout the message, committed relationships, certainly marriage. Marriage is a committed relationship, right? I, hopefully it's a very committed relationship. You, I do, Right. If you are in a relationship with somebody that's possibly headed towards marriage, 
or you're single and you're, and you're wanting to get into a relationship that's headed towards marriage, that's the committed relationship that we want to focus on and when we're, when we're talking about. If, and the other committed relationships in our life are friendships. Those around us who also know the Lord. And that's the other part of it this morning, is that we're talking about doing a relationship with someone else who's walking with you towards the Lord, who, who knows Jesus as Lord and Savior or is walking in that direction. Those are the relationships we're talking about today. So committed relationships, marriage, headed towards marriage, or friendships. Friendships, those people in your life who can come alongside you and you're doing that together. So I, and I want to I even go a little bit deeper and make sure we're all on the same page with this. Same page. Um, so I said marriage, right? And being in a committed relationship with each other. Um, so what I, oh, here's what I want to say. I want to say that Paradox, at Paradox, we are pro-marriage. We are pro-marriage. What that means is we believe marriage was ordained by God. We believe marriage is a good thing. We believe that we want, when we're in that committed marriage, we want to do it right. We want to come alongside people and do that right. That doesn't mean we are anti-single. In fact, we are very pro-single as well. If you are not in a marriage relationship, right, that's okay. Paul, one of the greatest apostles, one of the greatest followers of Jesus, as far as we know, he lived his whole life single. And he gave some really great reasons why that's a good thing if you're striving after the Lord. Married, single, it's all good. And the other thing I want to say is that as we're talking this morning in this series about committed relationships with people uh, who are following after the Lord with you, that doesn't mean we are in any way against you having relationships with people who don't know the Lord. In fact, we strongly encourage that as well. That's a whole different message. That's a whole different series that we can't talk about right now. But, so we're all on the same page this morning. Committed relationships with other people we know who are following after the Lord. Okay, we all together? Everyone, I see heads. We're good? All right. So, where is this relationship going? Has anyone ever gotten to a point in a relationship where they ask themselves that question? Where is this relationship going? As, as I was getting ready for this message, I, I was sitting down and I was thinking about this because I want to I share a real-life example from my life of when I had this, and I was thinking, when, when did I have this moment personally where I asked myself that question? And as I'm literally, I was thinking about this, and I looked across the room at my wife, April, and I said, bingo, she's asked that question. <laughs> I know she's asked this question before, but not about me, not about me. You see, before me, there was another guy. Yo, <laughs> there's another guy before she married me. And, and she was with this guy, as far as I knew, for quite a while. They had a pretty strong relationship. And April did something amazing. She asked herself at that time, early 20s, she asked herself with this guy, where is this relationship going? So you see, she had been asking this guy to join her at church. She, she was at a point in her early 20s where she, would, had been, she knew the Lord all her life. She wanted to follow up him. She wanted to be with someone who was going to join her in the same vision and go after the Lord. She started inviting this guy, inviting the guy to church. This wasn't for him. That was her thing. And so April decided, well, maybe there's other fish in the sea, and that's when I luckily swam along. <laughs> and the rest is, is beautiful history, all because April had, had the wisdom. She's as wise as she is beautiful to ask that question, where is this relationship going? And when, and when she and I got to talk and we saw that we were on the same page, both going after the Lord, and when I saw that in her, it's great. It helped that she had legs as long as the day is long, but um, <laughs> anyway, it was beautiful. And what April was demonstrating, she may not even have realized it, but she was demonstrating godly wisdom. God says this through the prophet Amos. So I'm looking at the book of Amos chapter 3, verse 3. He said, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? You can't walk alongside of someone 
if you're not both agreeing to do so and going together along the way, right? I can't, I can't be walking next to If Dave and I wanted to walk together down this aisle, and if I'm looking this way, and he's, his vision is over this way, we're going to eventually grow apart. If we want to walk and talk together and we're going in separate directions, the talking ain't going to happen, right? If we're not on the same vision together, if we don't have vision together, we're going to have division. In fact, the word division, if you break it down, the prefix di, di, it means two. Like carbon dioxide is two oxygen, right? So division, division means literally two visions. So when people are divided, they're following after two visions and not the same. There was a guy named Solomon in the Bible, and he had God's wisdom. He prayed, and God gave him wisdom. And one of the things he records talking about vision is this. He said in uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, he says, Where there is no division, the people perish. People perish. Where there is no vision, common vision in relationship, that relationship inevitably is probably going to perish. It's probably going to perish. The importance of being on the same page is vital. Look, look at what happens when there's division in a relationship, when you, when you have kind of different visions and you're following after different things. One thing that happens is there's a competition. There's, there's a fight over resources, right? There's only so much time in the day. If you're in a marriage, there's only so much money in the bank. If one person's chasing after one thing and someone's chasing after something else, there's going to be conflict that comes from that, right? Hey, can you pick up the kids today? No, I've got to stay late at work. Remember, I'm working hard towards that promotion. Oh, well, I, I've got my classes. I'm taking classes. So that we talked about that, right? There's importance of being on the common vision, the common mission together is vital. The other thing that happens when you're not on the same page and when there's division is, is, is that you not only the resources, but you'll also find jealousy will creep its way in. Inevitably, as, as this other person in the relationship is starting to hang out and work with other people who are on that same mission, inevitably that jealous heart starts to creep in. And why aren't they spending more time with me? Well, they're on a different mission, right? And ultimately, what can happen and creep in is animosity. When the success of that person and the mission that they're coming after, our human nature can't help but be jealous and start to, start to you know, resent them for the success that they're having. On the flip side, what would it look like if we're on the same mission, on the same path, right? The opposite of division is unity, is unity. Unity is a word that, that we love. I think everyone, if you say, you know, we're to take a survey, is, is unity positive? Unity is positive. Everyone loves unity, right? And the reason we love unity is because it's just this thought of coming together. We want that. And I think the reason that unity is so can be so elusive in our society and in our relationships is because we want unity to mean sameness. So, for example, like, like we say, well, I, I, want, I want unity, and we wish there were unity in, in ethnic relations. We wish there were unity in, in politics. We wish there were unity in our home, right? But the problem is when we try and get the other person or group of people on the same page but on our exact same page, when we try and get them to be the same as us, basically be us on whatever that issue or that thought is, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get there. In fact, you, your animosity is going to grow. It's going to be worse than before. We have to understand what unity really is. Unity is togetherness. It's not sameness. It's togetherness. It's when two things that are separate come together and become one 
still distinct from each other, but become one. We're, we're, we're the motor city, right? So let me, let's think of it this way. You have a truck. And I know some of you are tech, I know some of you work for GM and you're very technical. I'm going to get very basic, so don't scrutinize what I say right here. You got a truck. You got the chassis. You got the part of the truck that's like the bottom frame and the motor and the engine and the wheels, the part that drives the truck. Another part in the plant, you're building the body. The body is the outer exterior, the seats, the steering wheel, like the, the bed of the truck, all of, all of that type of stuff. And they, at the plant, they build them separately and they basically bring the two together. Thank you. Bring the two together into one truck, right? And that is, is and think about this. If you had just bought a body of a truck, you had it sitting in your driveway, yeah, you could go in it and you could put on the air conditioning or whatever and hang out, but you can't go anywhere. On the flip side, if you had the chassis of your truck sitting in your driveway, you can go out there, but there's nowhere to sit. There's nowhere for the... It, it doesn't make any sense. When the two come together, they form a truck. And this is the design that's been in place since the very beginning of time. Let's go to Genesis. If you flip in, your, in the book of Genesis, and like Rory said, all of this is in the YouVersion app if you want to follow along. So let's go together to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 27. All right, God says this. So God, uh, no, so uh, the writer writes this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let me, let me stop there just, just for a brief editorial. I love the fact that God created man and woman in his image. Both of them unique, both of them in his image, meaning that both man and woman, men and women, have attributes of God himself woven into who they are. And he made it that way on purpose, and it's beautiful. He goes on to say, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. God, right after he created man and woman together, each of them, what's one of the first things he did? He gave them a mission. I created you. I love you. I'm going to walk with you. Here's what you got to do. The very first thing he said to them is one of the first things he said is he gave them a mission. Here is what you're going to do together. In fact, if you look at when this account happens, that's, this is the sixth day of creation. What did God do on the seventh day? He rested. Even before God took a break, he, God created everything. He created the, the birds. He created, he created everything. And before he took a rest, he gave them a mission that was so critical. And God knew that was vital to the relationship of Adam and Eve and to our relationships that we be on mission together, that he instilled that. He built that even before he took the step back and said, yeah, this is good. And he took the rest. He knew, he knew that if Adam and Eve were to be together, united together, that they would need a common mission to do that. In fact, when we go a little further, this won't be on your screen, but when you go a little further in Genesis, it says that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and Eve became a truck, right? The body and the chassis working together. I'll let you decide who was the chassis, who was the body. I'm not going to get into that discussion right now. But do you, do you see God, God built that in from the beginning. He knew the importance of, of them being together, unified, and following on a mission. And the beautiful thing from day one is that God wants to be on that mission 
together with them. You, all throughout Scripture, you see times when God is calling his people, calling people to be on mission, be on, and I will be with you. I will be, do not be afraid. I will be with you, right? The best example of that is when Jesus calls the disciples to him. He's got these 12 guys that follow him for, for several years, his teaching. He's the teacher. They're coming along. They're disciples. They're learning from him. They're watching, from him, watching him. They're watching him do amazing things, right? And it was the 12. There's also other people who, at time, at times, that we know that there's probably a couple hundred people, like, kind of, this guy had a following, right? And that was these guys' mission. Follow after him. We got to learn from the teacher. Learn from, look at all these great things he's doing. But the cool part is, look what happened when Jesus died. Well, okay, the cool part of what happened after Jesus died is that he rose again, right? And that our sins are forgiven through his sacrifice. But look at the thing that it did to the disciples, to that group of men who are following after him. I, I have to believe, I have to believe on that, on that day when, when, when they were in the garden and Jesus was arrested and taken away from them, and when he, when he was crucified, he's hanging on the cross. There had to be a moment where in some type of way they looked at each other and said to each other, where is this relationship going? We've been following after Jesus for years. He was our rock. He led our steps. He told us which way to go and what to do. Now he's gone. Where, where are we going to go? What is, where is this relationship going? I'm sure they asked themselves that question. The cool part is that God wasn't done with them, right? We know, we know that Jesus rose again and that he came back. And for a time, he spent time with them and, and, and he showed himself to them. Remember, put your hands in here, in my, the nails in my hands. Like he showed them, he ate with them, he talked with them, and he cast more vision to them before he left. In fact, we have the account of what Jesus said to them before he left. And we have, we have an account of the last kind of words that Jesus said to them before he ascended to his Father in heaven, the mission that he gave them. Now, if you've, if you've been at church a while, you're probably flipping to, to Matthew 28. That's, that's the verse we most often read when we talk about Jesus casting vision and mission to his disciples. So I want to... But I want to read a different one. And if you know Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Um, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Okay? We've heard that verse a lot. But what you maybe not have heard as much is the, 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 um, the accounting of the same conversation in the book of Luke. So I want you to flip to the book of Luke, chapter 24 starting at verse 45. So this is, this is someone else giving the account of the same message, and there's a little detail that I think is here that wasn't in the other uh, verse that's very important. Jesus says, uh, well, Jesus opened up their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Then he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise, rise, and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses to these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So Jesus, and before he leaves, he tells them, you guys are my witnesses. You're going to go to the ends of the earth. But he gives, he gives them kind of a, a pause, and he says, here's what you need to do first. First, you need to go back to the city and wait. Now, he had told them beforehand that when he left, when he died and when he left, God would send someone else, the Holy Spirit. Basically, God himself would be available to them to help lead and guide them. 
right? And that, and that the Holy Spirit would come when Jesus left. And so he told them, you need to go to the city and wait. And then we, we read later in the book of Acts what happened <laughs> when the Holy Spirit came and filled these guys with power, and they, and they had boldness, were able to preach and speak in different languages. It's an amazing power that came on them, right? But the key, the key here and the thing that I think we can take away from our relationships, if we're at that spot where we're like, yes, you know what? I want to be on mission somewhere. I want to take the Syrian and go after is that we need God to be leading it. And we want God to be leading that mission. And he set it up that way. And we have that ability now. We have the ability to read God's word and to see how he interacted with people in the past. And, and, and we have that. But we also, I believe, we believe, have the ability to hear from God today. When we open ourselves up to him and be able to hear from him and ask him, what mission would you have me go on? Where would you have me go? Where would you have us as a couple? Where would you have me and my friend go, Lord, and ask him. There's, there's a, a conference coming up at the beginning of February, right here. We're going to host it right here called World Mandate. I'm really excited for it. I've never been to this conference, but I've heard so much about it. And I'm excited because I've been to lots of Christian conferences where you get lots of good information. And this one, I think, is a little different. Because this one is, is I feel more about not what, you, what you'll receive if you come to there from, from stage or from the people speaking, but what we hope and expect and are ready to hear from God while we're there. Through worship and through, through testimony and through speaking, we're going to hear some powerful things from God. I'm excited to go and be there. And I think that would be a great thing. If you're at a point where you're like, gosh, what is, what is my mission? I think attending World Mandate would be a great idea if you want to do that. And, and, and in the YouVersion app, the event that Roy spoke about, you can register right there online if you're, if you're interested. So where is this relationship going? This is, this is the critical question. right? And I think that this is a question that we should be asking ourselves in all of our relationships, all of our, all of our, like I said, committed Christian friendship relationships. April and I recently kind of got this question thrown in our face in a, in a unique way. We were right here at the beginning of December. We had a marriage conference, and April and I came. It was a Friday, Saturday night deal. It was really cool. We were able to sit. Uh, Jordan Ogden and his wife Christy were right here on stage kind of talking through marriage and some things. And one thing kind of hit me as they, as they challenged us in the room they said, what's your mission together? Like, what mission are you on together? And I thought about it. That really hit me. And I was, I was processing and thinking about it. Okay. Thinking about April, my wife. I'm like, what mission are we on together? When we first got married, Trinity was born 14 months after our wedding. So pretty soon, we were thrust right into parenthood. Charity followed not long after that. Foster kids started following right after that as we took kids into our home. Leading the children's ministry at Paradox was coming alongside. For a long period of our life, our early marriage life, our, our mission was clear. <laughs> we didn't really have a choice. It was kids. Our mission was kids. Loving kids, teaching them, leading kids. That was our, it was clear. That was our mission together. That was the thing we were going to go after together. But sitting here in the auditorium about a month ago, it was kind of like, huh, my daughters are 17 and 19. They're not children anymore. We, it's been a long time since we fostered kids. We don't lead the children's ministry anymore. Holly's doing it, doing a great job of that. Like, what is our mission? Which led April and I to think. And one of the other things that, that the, the Agnes challenged us to that, that day was, was to go on a marriage vision retreat, to take a night away and just focus on your marriage and ask yourself, where are you going? What's your vision? And so we did that. At the end of December, we went away. We went overnight, and we sat down with pen and paper, and prayed together, and we said, okay, what is our vision? And, and what's our mission going to be? And here's the cool thing. 
we, we, we got some stuff on paper. There, we kind of went through some areas of our life and went chopped through some stuff. But we honestly sat there with each other and we were like, I don't know. We don't have it yet. We don't know what our clear vision is together. Which is cool because now we're in a process together. We decided, here's what we're going to do. We are going to give it two months. Two months, we are going to pray and we're just going to ask God this question. What's our mission? What's our mission? What would you have us do together as a couple? The thing that we are better together following Jesus for. The thing where when we do it together, we're greater than the sum of the parts. Working together. God, what is that thing? And we, we said two months because we wanted, to, we wanted to capture a world mandate. We knew that was coming up. We knew that would be part of the process going to God. And so we're doing it. And then last week, Dave was up here and challenged married couples to pray together. And I'll be, I'll be frank. I'll be honest. April and I are married, you know, in our married life, our prayer life together, praying together, quite sporadic. I'm kind of ashamed to say it was quite sporadic, right? But based on last week, we're like, no. <laughs> what we said we're going to pray about this, let's do this together. And so we have, so every night this week before bed, we've been praying together this prayer. God, tell us, what is it? What is it? And I, I, I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet, but I believe it's coming. But the process, the process of getting, coming alongside my wife and praying with her and, and just going to God and being open is just amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and I, I just advocate this strongly for you in any relationships. to so Go to that person. Go to that friend. Go to your spouse. Go to your boyfriend, girlfriend, and say, hey, Where's this going? In a good, not in a bad, like, where's this going? Where could we go together? Would you, would you pray with me? Let's, let's see where this goes. What's our common mission? And I, I know that, that might seem a little bit, like, intimidating. Like, gosh, how do you find a common mission? There's a lot. Well, one way to do that is to determine a common enemy. Nothing brings people together like a common enemy. You ever see the movie Terminator 2? Right? Whoever would have thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator from the first one, and Sarah Connors would be like battling together against someone right after the first movie. But they came together, right? Or for those of you older like me, Breakfast Club, remember Breakfast Club? All these different kids in a room from different walks of life, the common enemy, the principal, right? <laughs> Brought them all together, right? So we see this time and time again where this... And, and if, if having a common enemy can bring enemies together, how much more so can it bring those of us who are already striving for relationship together, bring us together? And how do you find that? Sit down with the person that you, you hate. We're going to find Sit down with them and ask yourselves this question. What do we hate? It sounds weird, but ask yourself the question, what do we hate? If, you, if, if you're sitting there with that person and you say, you know what I hate? I hate the thought that on any given day in my neighborhood, there's a kid that's neglected, that's not getting the food that they need for that day, whose parents don't love them and aren't around and, and, they, and they're being to the point where they're being removed from their home. I hate that. If you hate that, look into foster care. If you're, if you're saying to yourself, you, you find a buddy and you guys are together and you know, you know what, man? You know what I hate? I hate the fact and the knowledge that there are boys and girls in, in our neighborhood, not somewhere across the world, who are being trafficked for sex. And the thought that they're being pulled into this life where they have to give away their innocence for someone else's money. I hate that. You and that buddy, attend the free outreach that we have once a month. Get involved with... with, with to fight back against that in any of the number of organizations. We have one right here called Free, right? You see what I'm saying? Get together and ask yourself, what just makes you angry? And go after it. And work on beating that together. Maybe, maybe you start your own organization to go after it. Maybe you just join something that's already there. But you'll be on mission together, going after that thing that you both hate. I want to introduce you to a couple right now. Um, because we've talked about being 
in relationship, being on point together, right, and following after a common mission, and, and the benefits that can come from that. So I want to introduce Sean and Christy. I'm going to ask them to come on out right now because they have been on this journey together. And we're going to talk to them for a minute. Hey, guys. Morning. Thank you. You got locked in the bathroom? Was the door frozen shut? It was locked shut, would not open. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad you made, did, you didn't have to climb under? I did. You climbed and under? Climb Are you serious? Yeah, it's still locked, just so you know. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Hey, move a little forward a little bit. People, we want to see you, guys. The okay, en- here we go. The enemy's at work already. It is. He's trying to, he doesn't want people to hear your story. Thanks. Uh, guys, again, again, Sean and Christy. Thank you. So, so just real quick, how long have you guys been married? You, you're supposed to know this number. <laughs> that w- you didn't ask us that question to prepare. Uh, <laughs> seven this will be 17 years fantastic fantastic okay and so so the first part of your marriage and you got you guys shared a little bit at the marriage weekend so we we get to hear a little bit of your story we ask you to share a little bit more here so the first part of your marriage was a little rough is that safe to say uh yeah we struggled um we we fought a lot we um we had very different individual and selfish ideas expectations and definitions of what marriage is um you know, he thought that I was going to be June Cleaver right off the bat, and I was going to have, you know, I was going to know how to keep a home and maintain, you know, all of the things that the wife does. And I and was cook. really, and, yeah, yeah, I was just like we were going to hit the ground. I did cook. We were going to hit the ground running. Um, I was very naive. I had no idea what it meant to be in a marriage. I had no idea what marriage was. Um, you know, I just had no idea what we were getting into. Um, so we had to figure out how to live together. I grew up with all sisters, so living with a boy for the first time was... Stinky? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so through all of that, you know, we, we triggered each other. We, um, you know, we, we fought about things that we couldn't figure out why we were constantly missing each other. Um, you know, so we were encouraged to go to counseling. And, you know, we'd go for a couple times, and then we'd stop. And then we'd go a couple times, you know, throw a Band-Aid on it, and then... You know, oh, we're fixed. We're good. Um, after probably, I don't know, five or six times of that, mm-hmm. our counselor said something very profound to us. And he said, I can't want this more than you do. I can't put any more effort into your relationship than you do. So when you are willing to commit to this 100% and continue this journey, mm-hmm. we'll talk. Until then, we're not doing this anymore. So your counselor kicked you out. He kicked us in the butt. Yeah, and kicked us out of the office. That's good. (laughs) Um, But that was a pivotal moment for us because we realized we have to, we we can't do this halfway. We can't do it. We have to both put, you know, he said something, marriage is not 50-50. It's Mm. 100-100. Each person has to give 100% of themselves um, and be willing to invest 100% of themselves into it. Um, One of the things that was hard about that was, we didn't trust each other to not hurt each other. Mm. So one of the biggest steps for us was learning to put our trust in God that, you know, he had good things in store for our marriage and to trust him as we were both learning um, how to be better versions of ourselves. Um, We learned about our childhood wounds and how we were bringing those into our marriage and how that was impacting each other, you know, and like I would trigger his wounds without even knowing it and he would trigger my wounds without even knowing it. So those big, huge reactions Mm. for the small little thing. Yeah. We learned what that was and how to work with each other and help heal each other. That's great. 
And what I love about your story is that what you learned through there fed, I believe, into, into this mission that you guys are on together. That's been part of the healing. Tell me a little bit about that. What's, what is the mission that God has kind of pulled you both together to do? Yeah, so f for us, the mission really for us started as a commitment to each other, a uh, commitment to invest in our marriage, uh, invest in, um, in our marriage in various different ways. So one of those certainly and financially was through uh, counseling. And we continued to do that. And mm -hmm. once we kind of got our butts in gear um, and committed to continuing through counseling, um, through the time sometimes we would show up and have, I don't know what we're gonna talk about today, those were some of the most transform transformational sessions because we didn't have all this tension mm -hmm. and we really were able to start working through other you know peeling back other layers of the onion to um, to begin to be able to work through those things mm -hmm. um, what we've learned though is also as part of this mission is that we all have struggles as in marriages now the circumstances certainly can be different mm -hmm. but we bring wounds from our childhood whether your childhood was, you know, horrific or was, you know, similar to mine where it was, it was a good, healthy environment, but there still were disconnections um, in relationships or, or challenges there that face that we bring into our marriage. So the question is, how, how can we begin to work through that? Mm -hmm. um, and how can we begin to give what we are beginning to learn? How can we help others that are in a similar place in their marriages as well. Right. So that started years ago with us um, uh, starting a small group here at Paradox. We've always mainly focused our small groups on um, marriages and couples because we feel we can bring a lot we can relate to in our, in our own uh, stories and our own journey mm -hmm. through that. Um, that has been mainly focused on with a topic and theme around connection. So it's not just a typical uh, Bible study per se, but how, if marriage is about connection, how can we work on a journey together um, through others and encourage connection? Mm -hmm. Well, in order to do that, you have to understand what is some of that disconnection? What yeah. is, how are things of our story yeah. beginning to play into that? Yeah. And that's where other things such as marriage retreats that we've gone on, uh, we did one with our group here in the fall um, to encourage them. So it's not just our influence, um, but others as well uh, in seminars and things can help uh, begin to invest in that. So the pictures we saw on the screen, these were couples that were, are in your small group currently, right? Yes. Cool. Yep. Yep. cool. I love that that you took what you were going through and, and, and this journey that you were on became your mission and that the thing that you hated which was not being able to get along with each other and, and fighting with it and not being on the same page be fueled your mission and your vision yeah. to where you're going now. I love that. And we realized that. through that that it would be dishonoring to God if we were holding this all to ourselves just for what we are learning and how can we begin to be able to give that to others and share in a, in a community together uh, in order to do so. Because asking a challenging question um, like I challenged in our group one time for the men to ask their wives, what's it like to be married to me? That's not something that somebody's willing to just 
<laughs> hard question to answer. Or take that to heart. Yes, it is throwing kind of the, yeah, the nuclear bomb there missile over there. It's a good there. question. That's yeah. a good question. So how, in order to do that, you have to build trust. You have to be in community with others in doing that. We yeah. need couples that are investing in us and be surrounding to ask us tough questions. That's cool. We need to build a community with others in order to develop that trust where we can ask those tough questions mm -hmm. um, in order to do that. And so, not get the, who the heck do you think you are asking me to ask this to my spouse? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's neat. Just, just plug for small groups, I guess, as we're signing up today. I mean, I mean, I can attest to April and I first going to small groups and then lead, like, like small groups can be just such a beautiful place where it's safe to just be who you are, to get together with a smaller community of people that you can just get to know and trust and just work through these things yep. together. It's awesome. So, so, so tell us lastly, how does this mission together to use your struggles to help others on mission together, how has that changed your marriage? How has that affected you guys taking that, what your knowledge and not holding it to yourself and using it for others? How has that affected you? Um, well, one of the biggest things is we used to think that, you know, fighting and disruption in marriage was a bad thing. And we thought, if we're fighting, there's something wrong with us. You know, we have a very unhealthy marriage. And we learned through all of this that that's not true, that disruptions are normal. Um, but what we learned is, like, you know, when there was a disruption, we didn't know how to get back to each other. That was the biggest problem we had. We would have this big argument, which would cause this disconnection between us. And Division. then we had, yeah, and we had no idea how to bring it back. So, you know, through all of the things that we've learned, um, you know, the disruptions, they're not as big, we don't get quite as far, and we are able to come back together sooner. So obviously we still have disagreements, but we've learned to fight productively. That's cool. As a continuation on that, the other piece is, um, from a leadership perspective, it's me as the man is, and um, what God has has challenged and put on us as part of our role and our living out our design, um, I need to take that leadership in our marriage. Now that doesn't mean, and oftentimes society means, I make every decision, I set the budget, I dictate what we're gonna have for dinner, blah, blah, blah. It's not to that, it's at a piece of saying, we want to have something different. We wanna be on a journey committed together in our relationship, working towards um, continued healing um, through the challenges and disconnections that we continue to face and arguments like yesterday that we had in, in our marriage. So it doesn't mean that those issues go away, um, but to her point, we have found ways to bring each other back together. And that's the oftentimes we find is, is with other couples too is we have the disconnection. How do we get back together? Hmm. Um, and we feel that's extremely important through other, whether it's counseling, whether it's other tools or things to do that, uh, or just talking and asking those big questions yeah. sometimes to understand what's really the root behind there. That's great. Um, but it's got to start, and in your relationship, my, my challenge here is to all the men listening online or, or sitting here, if you want to have change, if you want to have a different marriage, it starts with you. You need to lead that. You need to initiate that. And you need to set that vision. Um, you have to create the environment where your relationship can flourish. That's your responsibility. That was my responsibility. That's my continued responsibility, is to create the environment where we can 
thrive. Her role is to help enhance that. She can't help enhance that without me first setting the foundation of a healthy environment where it's safe, there's trust, uh, where we can be connected, our homes, our, our children can be connected, et cetera. Mm. It starts with me and it starts with each of you men. That's our role. That's great, that's great, thank you. Can we give them a hand? Thank you guys for sharing. I, I, I just love, I love how, like you said, you, you, turn, you turn the hurt into mission and then out of mission, you're helping other couples and your own marriage is growing through that, especially, especially through the hard times. So that's great, thanks again for sharing and coming out with us. Thank you. Thanks. Cool. Awesome. I just wanna, I, I wanna quickly um, highlight, oh sweet, I have a table now. I wanna quickly highlight um, something that they said near at the end. When they said that, that being on mission together, learning how to, to come back together more, more quickly after an argument, those are things you can only learn over time, right? When you're in a relationship with someone, if everything's going along fine, I mean, all of all the old cliche, cliches are cliche because they're true, right? Like, like you need a hot forge to like to 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 smash steel into something good, right? Right? You need pressure to make a diamond, right? All those things. Like, without adversity in a relationship, there's not going to be growth. There's just not, right? But it's 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 the adversity that comes, like, you can choose the adversity, right? Wouldn't it be better to say, hey, let's be on this mission together. Like, this is what we're going after. And when the adversity comes, we're going to go through it together because that's our mission. That's what we're on. As opposed to, well, we'll just figure it out. You do your thing. Now, now all this pressure is coming from a hundred different ways, and we're trying to deal with it all at once. That's the good stuff. That's where we get to know each other and really grow. I'll, I'll be honest. As, as, as a pastor here, we're a church that's growing. There's you know, several hundred people on a Sunday morning. I'll be honest with you guys. There's, there's mornings where I come here, and some of you I know. Like, I just know, right? And there's other people I, I don't. I, and, and even if I've seen you quite a few times, and I, may, I might know your name, but I don't know you. And, and by and large, the people that I know here are people that I've served with in some capacity. Like, we've come alongside together in a common mission, be it with the kids or be it on a mission trip or something, and I've, like, served side by side with you, worked with you, sweat together, right? Those are the types of relationships where you really get to know somebody and really come together and bond with. In fact, we have, I'm excited to announce now here that we have our, our new mission trip season coming up. Mission trips, yeah, all right. Mission trips are a great opportunity. If you're looking, maybe you're sitting here looking, you're like, oh, I want that, Mike. That sounds good. I want my relationship. I'm looking for an opportunity to go farther. Maybe, maybe you're looking for that some of those relationships, a friendship that you can find. Mission trip is a great place to do that. You will be thrown into the fire in a beautiful and fun way where you have to serve side by side together. In fact, watch this short video that we put together to highlight it. This is our war cry. We'll rise up. And this is our time to rise up. Thought by now I would get it. His love for me is unmeasured. Still feel like I could do better. Was paralyzed by depression. But heaven and earth came together. <laughs> and you came to my rescue. I used my voice as a weapon. On earth like it's in heaven. 
Yeah, I never handled things too well, but I was made a fly, not too fell. I don't need man to prove for when God sent me to bring heaven down for the kids going through hell. Yeah, we gon' make it. I don't care what the world's been saying. It's time to step up, not cave in. The grace he gave us amazing. A love that could conquer the hatred, but it's up to us. A new generation to show his love from the ends of the earth to the day he comes. This is Sitting here in closing, I'm just thinking, there's never been, i just realizing this, i just thinking about this now, I don't think there's been a better time. If you are sitting here right now and you say, you know what, yes, I want, I want to follow God into an adventure. I want to follow God into a mission. And if you're saying, I want to do that with this person, be it your spouse, be it your significant other, you're going out, be it a friend, like, I want to come alongside my church, I want, to come, I want to do this, I want to go after God, I want to see how I can use what he's created in me to, to help us, I want to do this, there's never been a better time, actually, I think, in our history as a church than right now, we've got these mission trips that are launching, we've got small groups that are launching, right, we've got this world mandate conference, but that what it, that's what it does, is coming up in a month, you can register for that. There's never been a better time. There's no excuses, honestly. If you want to chase after God's mission for you right now, then now, to do that together, okay? This is the time. We've got, like I said, those trips are going to be awesome. Washington, D.C., Costa Rica, I'm so excited. Our teens are also, that wasn't in the slide, but I want to also point out that, that our, our student ministries is working together to pull uh, a mission trip together with other churches in Detroit, right? And, uh, and, and from the inner city and do a, and do a, a mission trip down to Detroit across cultural mission trip together in Detroit. So that's exciting too. There's so much going on. God's wired us. We were created to be related to each other since the very beginning, right? And when we, and when we commit to do that, when we're on the same page and that harmony comes, we find purpose. When we're on relationship and we're on mission with other people in, in relationships in our lives, we grow closer to them. We truly bond. Mission is the glue. It really is. It's the glue that holds our relationships together when we're on a common mission and a common purpose together. In fact, you get to that point when you're with a person, you know them that well, you've been serving together and working together, you get to know them so well, it's not even you're beyond the point we're on the same page. You don't need the page anymore. You're, you're just beyond that. 
In fact, hey, band, we started by with a little experiment. Can we close with one more experiment real quick? Why don't you, hold on, stop the music, stop the music. Let's, hey, Ryan, could, could you give us a fat beat? Oh, Liz? Who's giving, who's starting us off? Keith is starting it off. All right, Keith, start us off. You get to know each other so well. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.